Becker's Hospital Review is committed to delivering our audience safe access to vital educational opportunities. With this in mind, our 11th annual meeting will be in virtual format for the first time. Whether in the home or workplace, attendees will have access to sessions where industry leaders will be discussing the most pressing issues in healthcare, including the rise of virtual care, addressing clinician burnout, and delivering on-price transparency. To learn more, click on the conference tab at beckershospitalreview.com. This is Scott Becker with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Rick Majan. Rick is the Chief Operating Officer of the Stanford Children's Hospital, Lucille Packard Children's Hospital, a magnificent institution. We're going to talk to Rick today about the Children's Hospital, his career, priorities, advice, and a little bit more. Rick, can you take a moment to introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. So uh, my name is Rick Majan. Um, I am fortunate enough to serve as the Chief Operating Officer here at Stanford Children's Health. Um, I've been uh, in healthcare for about 30 years. Um, I think importantly have five kids and have felt a draw to pediatrics um, largely because of that and uh, feel really, really lucky to help to uh, lead the wonderful team here at, at Stanford Children's. Rick, did you feel like you had to run a pediatric hospital just to take care of your own family? <laughs> you know, it's interesting, right? So uh, I was in St. Louis for a long time, where all five of our kids were patients. And now uh, here at Stanford, five of our kids have been patients as well. And I think um, having having expert medical personnel uh, that I know and trust is, is certainly been helpful for me as a dad. And, and it certainly made my wife um, much happier. Certainly magnificent. Tell us about Stanford Children's Hospital and, and a few points of pride in the, in the, in the hospital. Yeah, so you know we we are a really interesting place um, uh, here in in Silicon Valley, um, the, the leading provider of, of pediatric services, uh, one of the top ten places in the country. Uh, we obviously partner with uh, Stanford uh, University physicians um, and have just a remarkable medical staff, really, who are who are both taking care of kids today in just um, you know top notch ways. But I think even more importantly, sometimes discovering the new treatments and and the new things that will help to take healthcare into the future across the country. Uh, we've got about 70 locations throughout the Bay Area. Um, you know, the flagship Lucille Packard Children's Hospital, uh, being a 400-bed hospital that we're extremely proud of. And um, really, um, with uh, with the pandemic, I've learned that we're actually we're in everyone's home now uh, through our through our rapid use of telemedicine. We grew our telemedicine uh, practice um, from 20 visits a day to about 800 visits a day, um, and and really learned a lot about um, how we can drive organizational change uh, in, in doing that. Um, so it's a just a remarkable institution. I've been here uh, about 18 months now. I'm just very proud to be part of it. And talk about in the role of COO, Chief Operating Officer, what are your top priorities? Where is your focus? You know, it, it's interesting. I think when you when you stand back and you look at what the most important things you do as a, as a chief operating officer, um, you know, we're here to make the trains run on time. Uh, we obviously contribute to the setting of a vision and strategy, but we're much more much more focused on the implementation of that vision and strategy. And so, a lot of the role is is day to day making sure the place is doing what it's intended to do. Um, and for us, I think that translates as do our leaders have what they need to do so they can help their teams do what they need to do. So, so the biggest part of my job is really supporting my, my direct leadership team and their leaders uh, and making sure they have the resources. Um, and I think in COVID, it's been not just, you know, the physical resources, the supplies, the staffing, but it's also been the emotional resources. I 
think that uh, in the last year, we've all become, uh, you know, untrained organizational psychologists and have had to manage the psyche of our organizations in a very different way. Uh, so I've, I think if, you know, if you can, if you can get those two things right, uh, you're probably hitting most of the job requirements. And, and, and take a moment on your career. You've been there for 18 months. Give us a little bit more background on your career. Yeah, you know. Hospital in St. Louis uh, while I was in graduate school hey, there at Washington I apologize, uh, but it cut out. Could you re-tee up that question, Scott? It, certainly. Yes, absolutely. Rick, you've been with uh, Stanford Children's Hospital for about 18 months as chief operating officer. You've hit it exactly right. The traditional role of the CEO, make sure the trains run on time. Everything's going okay, moving in the right direction, and really supporting the entire organization, make sure things keep on going in the right direction. Talk for a moment about your career and, and just what led you led up to you being at Sanford Children's Hospital. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so I started off um, as an evening administrator at Barnes Jewish Hospital uh, in St. Louis while I was in graduate school at Washington University. And uh, you know, doing doing that role, it was a very obviously you're running around the hospital to give you back in those days a pager and the keys, and you run around solving problems all night long. And I think that's where I really developed an affinity for operations. Um, went went from Barnes Jewish up to Henry Ford Health System in Detroit, and uh, worked in a couple different roles, both uh, strategic and operational. Uh, moved over to BJC again, bounced between strategy and operations, and then took a, a quick trip out, out east uh, to uh, Women and Infants Hospital, um, where I had you know pretty interesting career experience. I wasn't there very long um, and learned a ton. We had a merger fall through, and um, I uh, ended up starting to think about what I wanted to do next. And um, Stanford had been a place that had uh, been of interest to me for a long time. Um, and when uh, when I knew that Paul King had gone out there, I had been working with him uh, doing some Children's Hospital Association work and uh, really sought sought out the opportunity, uh, one, to work for Paul and two, to, to work for Stanford. Fantastic. And, and talk for a moment about what advice would you give to people trying to have great careers? Yeah, you know, I think the first thing you want to do is find the best organization you can work for and the best person that you can work for. And and I think in today's day and age, it's much easier. We're all much closer, right? Six degrees of separation. I think it's much easier to find out about people. Uh, the mistakes that I've made in my career have been when I haven't done that. Um, and I think taking the time to understand organizations, to understand the people that lead those organizations, I think is, is really, really important. Uh, I think the second thing is to um, do things you don't know how to do. Um, it's always easier to stay in roles a little too long or to take jobs that you already know how to do. Um, but I think really challenging yourself to find things that make you uncomfortable. Um, you know, I, I always tell our young leaders, get comfortable being uncomfortable uh, because your development is going to happen much faster in those circumstances. Um, and I think my, my third point would be don't don't waste any of your career. Um, you know, don't don't take a job um, uh, for money. Don't take a job uh, because you think the title is right. Take a job because it's going to get you the experience that you need to, to continue to make a bigger and bigger impact in the field. Um, I think that one of the things I think we tend to do is we probably tend to stay in jobs a little too long. Um, and then I think um, certain people have a tendency to look at jobs and, and maybe weigh some external factors a little bit more than the internal factors and really understanding the value that that job is going to bring to you as a leader. Um, you know, through your contributions and through your learning, uh, I, I think is something we really need to make sure our young executives are focused on. How important is it? You mentioned 
following and working with Paul King, how important is it? And you, you talked you talk to this, but I think it's a really important point. To have a great boss, to work with a great leader, how important is that to one's career development? Oh, I, I think it's key. Uh, you know, I worked I worked for a number of leaders in St. Louis who were extremely invested in my development, uh, more so than I even understood earlier in my career. And and they pushed me and and gave me new things to do and forced me outside of my comfort zone routinely. Um, and I, I I am so externally uh, so just so extremely grateful um, for, for that, for that, uh, for that push and that drive that, that they had for me to become better. Uh, when, if you find yourself in a situation with a bad boss, you've got to get out of that situation. Um, I've, I've been in that situation once in my career and it was just, it was a non-learning experience. Um, and I think that, you know, most of us don't choose our bosses. And the reason I say that is you go into an organization and you're choosing a boss at that point, but because organizations evolve so fast, um, you'll you'll end up with a new boss, you know, generally before you end up with a new job. Um, but if you find yourself in those sorts of roles, you've really got to look hard at yourself and say, is this the right situation for me? Am I going to develop as quickly as I can? Or, or do I need to go out there and choose a new boss? I, I think it, it is probably the most important thing in a career. Fantastic. And, and as you look into 2021, what are you most excited about? A few thoughts of where you're most excited yeah, I think you know we are we are um, seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with COVID. I think we're so excited to be starting to vaccinate members of our community. Um, tremendous organizational energy around that, and and you know I think we're very proud of the work we've done during during the last year. Um, we continue to grow some of our marquee programs, I and mean, we have some service lines uh, that you know we do some things that really just can't be done at very many places around the world, and uh, very focused on growing those, and um, and excited to see uh, what the future brings for those. Programs. Programs. Uh, we're doing a lot of work in, in two areas: uh, digital transformation, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and actually trying to combine some of those, that work. Uh, for example, uh, as we move more to telemedicine, we actually want to figure out how we can use telemedicine uh, to improve uh, uh, the performance that we've seen in the country on, on disparities in care. Um, you know, our digital transformation being here in Silicon Valley, we've got lots of great partners, um, both at the university and, and, and industry to think through what are new ways we can deliver healthcare to people um, virtually, digitally, um, you know, on your, on your mobile device, um, all the different ways we could be, be reaching people. Um, and I think, you know, it, at the same time in our diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, work, we want to make sure that from an employer standpoint, from a, from a provider of care standpoint, and from a community member that we're, we're providing leadership um, in each of those areas. And at the end of the day, Rick, optimistic about this year? Oh, very, very. I think that um, I think we're all very energized by the fact that our country will hopefully calm down a bit, uh, that we'll come back together, that we won't have all these external influences that have made it so hard for our leaders and our employees to really stay focused. Uh, you know, in, in California over the last year, we had, you know, the regular stress. Um, then we had all the election stress. We had COVID. We had racial injustice. Uh, we had the federal handling of COVID, which, uh, frankly, was, was not up to where we needed to be. We had uh, parents becoming homeschool teachers. Uh, and then we had fires. And, and many other parts of the country have had natural disasters. Um, and then, you know, unfortunately, we start off the year with some, you know, more than interesting stuff in Washington that we're all uh, looking forward to seeing uh, dealt with and, and you know, uh, put, put behind us. Um, 
coming out of 2020, I think no one uh, no one would anticipate um, that 2021 will be an easy year. Uh, but I think we're all very very grateful that we came together and got through it. Um, and I think that you know because we took so much time uh, to take care of our people, I think our people are ready to continue to do what they do. Um, and I think there will be there will be a lot of uh, work that we have to do uh, as we come out of this pretty traumatic time in a, in our history as a as a country. Um, and, and there'll be a lot of healing, and I think that will be um, both both as a nation and as organizations. And so uh, we feel really good about our ability to do that. We feel really good about our, our staff's resilience and, and their ability to, to keep moving forward and uh, look forward to a great 2021. Magnificent. Rick Majin, a pleasure to visit with you. Stanford Children's Hospital is really a one-of-a-kind magnificent institution. It's a great privilege to get to visit with you, Paul King, other leaders from the Stanford Children's Hospital. Uh, you could, uh, Rick, I know I'm not giving proper deference to Lucille Packard. It, it, just give me the exact name so I say it right. Yep. So we're, we're Stanford Children's Health, uh, and Lucille Packard Children's Hospital is our flagship. Uh, you know, many years ago, Lucille made a, a very generous gift to establish the hospital. Uh, the spirit of Lucille Packard um, runs the halls today. Um, it is just an, an amazing place because of her generosity, um, both both from an economic standpoint, but from a from a time standpoint. Uh, she gave very willingly and really helped us to shape the, the foundation of this hospital, and, and we're we're very proud to to help her to continue to carry that legacy forward. Fantastic! Thank you very much. I always give Stanford Children's Health, Stanford Children's Hospital, because it's such you know it's so connected to Stanford, which is such a magnificent institution. But I always want to give credit to Lucille Packard for what she did. So, oh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Rick. Thank you so much for joining the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. It's great to visit with you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Todd.